0: Listening to episode number five of the Self Help Junkies podcast, and I've got a really special, amazing episode for you today. I'm your host, Laura D'Souza, and the other day I met up with my friend Vanessa Long, who is an Ayurvedic wellness coach. So you might be thinking, what is that? Well, listen to this podcast and she makes everything so clear. She's full of so much ancient wisdom and knowledge and I just absolutely loved my chat with Vanessa and I learned a lot from Vanessa and I know that you will too. I really hope you enjoy. I'm going to put the link to Vanessa's website in the description for this podcast. So um, if you do want to connect with Vanessa or know a little bit more about what she does, then please do check her website out and yeah, enjoy. Here you go. Enjoy my friends. here with Vanessa Long. Hello, Vanessa. Hello, Hello, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. You're welcome. In my home with Daisy, the chihuahua, who seems to be warming to you nicely. Yeah, I've got her on my knee, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. Half on. Half on, half on. Um, Reserving judgment. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Vanessa, I really... Wanted to get you on the Self Help Junkies podcast because um, of what you do. I just think it's really interesting. And I thought that a lot of people might be interested to hear about it and they might be able to take something from your own personal journey and how you got to where you are today. So, you are an Ayurvedic... Am I saying that right? Yeah. Ayurvedic. You can
1: Ay- say Ayurvedic or you can say Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. Well, I always say Ayurvedic.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you're an Ayurvedic wellness coach and therapist. And this is something that I haven't heard of, so I'm sorry if I pronounce it wrong. doula? Ayur- Ayurvedula. Ayurvedula. Yeah. You can tell I've done my research, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, before we sort of like delve in... Could you just tell me like a little bit about your, what, what you do, about your business? So, so, so Ayur, Ayurvedic healer, sorry, wellness coach, tell me about that, what led you to that?
1: So is. Ayurveda is, is probably quite up and coming, as mm. you know, you've commonly found, most people don't even know how to pronounce it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know. um, Ayurveda comes from two words in Sanskrit, Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge, so essentially it's kind of the knowledge of life or put very simply, the art of living, and it's the art of living in harmony with nature. So the the bigger natural cycles in our life, the bigger, the smaller natural cycles of the season, the cycles of the day, but all in tune with our own nature. So Ayurveda believes that we are all very different. We are all made up of essentially uh, different combinations of five energies. Um, and depending on what your predominant energies are, or your doshas, we call them in Ayurveda, um, determines kind of your physical constitution, your mental and emotional kind of disposition, and there are tendencies, both positive and negative, to health and imbalance. So Ayurveda simply is about learning what balances you and what's, what puts you out of balance and living your life according to that. So it's about under- it's self knowledge mm-hmm. is understanding your personal makeup how it manifests in you and how you can live a life what kind of foods you eat what lifestyle benefits you what kind of work even you should be doing or shouldn't be doing um even types of sport that you should do or that are good for you and the more you know about this the more you start to realize oh yeah you know when mm-hmm. i eat that i really don't feel well or that gives me you know bloating or that you know when i do that it it doesn't quite sit right with me so it's about guiding people back to a way of living that's more natural, more in tune with the rhythms of life and the cycles of nature, and more. but more importantly, more in tune with themselves. Mm-hmm. Because we can read all these books, but unless you start really looking at yourself mm-hmm. and making the connection between how you're living and what you're eating, um, then you can't make those changes. Absolutely. So you start observing. You know, observation is... is you know, kind of the key to everything—self-observation—is mm-hmm. the knowledge of life. Yeah. So, Ayurveda is a sister science to yoga. Obviously, mm, you know yeah. that because you're a yoga teacher. Um, and yoga—you know—most people think of yoga as just purely exercise. Yeah, yeah. Which is the big mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yoga is union. Yeah. It means coming to a point of complete stillness through motion, <laughs> through activity and asana work, and the breath. <laughs> so it's stilling the mind, and Ayurveda is to. Incorporate a healthy body and mind so that we live long lives enough to realize you know that the ultimate aim is moksha or liberation mm-hmm. yeah. enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. you know we are here to wake up to the truth of who we are yeah absolutely
0: yeah it, it all just sounds amazing and I, I, I messaged you actually um a week ago maybe to say that i've just i 've just finished the there 's an ayurveda Section of the the yoga course that I'm currently doing, and it's like it's just I I found it really interesting, and but as you can tell, I mean I can't even you know struggle to even pronounce the word. There is so much knowledge, and I would not feel comfortable myself, you know, teaching this knowledge to others because I just feel like it's something that you really need to live, and you really need to, you really need to. Uh, fully put yourself into to learn and then and then you can go out there and kind of bestow that knowledge and wisdom yeah it it starts with us yeah
1: always everything starts with yourself so I've been you know I first I first came across Ayurveda probably it's always been on my radar I mean I did I started doing yoga when I was five with my grandmother who was way ahead of her years back in the 70s And so she used to let me do yoga with her in her living room if I was really quiet and good. And I can remember to this day the smell and the sight of her carpet as I was coming up into Cobra. I just remember it. It was one thing that she was very religious and spiritual woman. And Mm. she, in a way, was probably one of my leading lights. She was way ahead of her time in, in many, many ways um and so I did yoga and then I remember getting into like Indian head massage Mm. and I'd always been a very quiet and still child like even as a baby I didn't really walk or crawl even I think I think I must have known at some point there was nothing to do and nowhere to go and and then you lose that in life life becomes Mm. active and busy and and we forget that but I'd always done yoga, I, I then did massage, and then became, got into Reiki healing, became a Reiki master and teacher. And then, and then I got very into Buddhist kind of meditation and mm-hmm. philosophy, spent some time traveling, um, spent years living abroad, and spent four months living in a Buddhist center. Um, wow. And really, kind of opened myself up to lots of different things. It had an amazing library of mm-hmm. all sorts of spiritual teachers, such as Osho and natural healing. It was in Australia, so it was very open.
2: Wow.
1: Um, and I did a lot of so. I thought, well, I've got, I've got kind of the physical stuff, the massage stuff. I've got the the mental side of it, you know, the mind work, and I've got the energy healing. But the the nutritional side was was missing. There was something of the jigsaw for me that's going. This, I need a complete picture here. I'm mm-hmm. missing something. And I went travelling, and then I went travelling again, and then I ended up in India. And I, of course, I came across Ayurveda all over. I had a massage, had a consultation, but it wasn't that that triggered it. It was when I got back to the UK and I came across a book called Ayurveda for Women by Dr. Robert Svoboda, one of the world leading teachers in Ayurveda. And I picked this book up. It's only a thin book, and I read it, and it blew my mind. It was like, oh my God, mm. this makes so much... It was like something went like, ka-ching, yeah. you know, all the pieces just... Yeah, and it moment. just went slotted into place. I was like, I have to learn about this. I'd been looking at other nutritional courses, but nothing really made any sense. Um, and then I read this book and I was like, God, I've got to learn this. And I just looked online and there just happened to be a brand new course, two-year course okay. starting in the UK aimed at people who were already therapists and I applied and got on and that was the start of the journey and I remember when we finished our two years or even the first year, sitting down at the end of it with our tutor and our group and I just burst into tears because I just couldn't believe how simple it was. It's not easy, it's complex mm-hmm. and I feel like I've after 12 years I am only scratching the surface, it's like there's a giant iceberg, you know it's a 5,000 mm. year old Yes. Medical system. Mm-hmm. It's not something new. It's something that they use in India. Even seventy percent of Indians today still use it. Um, and it's not that it replaces allopathic medicine at all. But what Ayurveda does that's different is that it works with you to prevent yeah. the build up of stress and imbalance, and therefore ill health. Mm-hmm. And then provides um you know, solutions for when you are imbalanced and out of sorts, and hopefully also presents solutions for you to heal, depending on where you are in your journey of illness or in, you know, process of disease, then, you know, it can manage that as well. But the key thing for Ayurveda that Western medicine does not give is that it prevents
0: Mm -hmm. disease
1: and illness and imbalance building up in the first place.
0: Absolutely. And it's something that um, we actually, during the British Empire, when we went over to India, something that we kind of tried to stop I believe um yeah well, probably <laughs> yeah yeah I, I've, I've um, read some really not very nice stories about how we tried to sort of implement our own oh, western yes. medicine of course we did this yeah, yeah right we, we knew one. better yeah. yeah
1: yeah you know we we've, we've overridden you know we know better than you we're going to override this 5,000 you know year old yeah. medical system that works
0: all it's down to money and
1: power. Money and power, yeah. <laughs> because Ayurveda is a lot about just you can, you know, you can heal yourself, yeah. heal yourself with herbs and food, if you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, absolutely. They want you to be, you know, they want you to be ill. They want you to rely on medicines. They want you to not be empowered and understand yeah. your own body. Absolutely, rely
0: on on them. Yeah. You know. Um, I just want to apologise, um, you can probably hear Daisy's little footsteps. She's was sat on the floor in um, my little recording room and she's walking around. So if you can hear that, that's little chihuahua footsteps. Um, the thing that I really love about, about, about this is that, you know, when you are looking at all these different diets, you know, you've got all your kind of Slimming World, Weight Watchers, you've got the Paleo diet, um and all of these different diets they're all very you know one one size fits all and it's all very much sort of weight loss yeah you know looks at that that's like the number one thing it's not health it's no it's not health and it's well and the the thing is we are all different so one diet that might work for one person isn't going to work for somebody else you know it's it makes so much sense to me that we look at the individual or look, look at ourselves and, yeah. yeah.
1: It's like the, you know, the very simple rule of, you know, the government guidelines of everyone should drink two litres of water a day. Oh. Well, if you're a kaffer type, you're made up of earth and water. The laws of the universe are that like increases like. So if you give water to somebody who is made up of a lot of water... What do they do? They accumulate the water mm, yeah. and get bigger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, catheter types yeah. should not drink two liters of water a day. Yeah,
2: gosh.
1: And we're often drawn to things that imbalance us the most.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, vatotypes are very, you know, light, dry, airy. Um, they're cold, light, dry. They're made up of wind and space. So, so just so
0: to just to sort of um, give a bit of background on that, You've got, these are the these are the four. Types. Sorry, okay. the three types. Three oh, main, yes. Yeah. The there, oh, really? the, the, the there are actually seven. Oh, really? There are three, three main sort of ones. And these are called doshas. Yeah, doshas. So the,
1: these are mind, body, constitutions, or energies. Mm-hmm. So Ayurveda believes that there's only five elements in the universe that makes up the you know, entire universe from mm-hmm. me to you to the to wooden floor we're sitting on to the glass window to the plants are made up of a combination of space. So if we look around the room that we're sitting in the biggest element we see in it is space mm-hmm. there's a few bits of furniture we're in it but the vast majority of this room is space that it holds everything it's a primordial element um, and then there's space air fire water and earth so these combinations of energies combined with prana or chi or life force or whatever you want to call it transform into doshas, which are kind of the the body-mind energetics or constitutions, we call them. So vata is made up of, very simply, is made up of um, ether or space and wind. So you think of wind, you think of an autumn day, and it's cold, light and dry, and it moves a lot. So Mm -hmm. vata people have those characteristics or gunas in them. So the lightness that comes in in the body, they're very naturally slim. They're you know they'll really struggle to actually put on weight. They will burn energy up because they're really talkative. The wind likes to move, so they mm-hmm. love to talk. They love to think. They have amazing creative ideas. Um, but they can also be prone to coldness. So the hands and feet get very cold. Or if you if you have very cold and hand and very cold hands mm-hmm. and feet, it's because the vatter is dominant in your constitution at that point yeah. or you're imbalanced in that area at that point um so they're very they're very chatty they're very creative they're very joyful imbalance they come up with all these amazing ideas they're like the artists and musicians who want to stay up all stay up all night and sleep all day and have all these really erratic routines however when they're imbalanced when there's too much of this ungroundedness and this kind of staying up all night sleeping mm. all day erratic lifestyles then the wind increases, so they will get drier because the wind's dry. They will get colder, they will feel the cold more. They will get ungrounded, they'll have all these million and one ideas, but they can't do they can't finish mm. any of them.
0: I can relate to that.
1: <laughs> yeah. They're all over the place. So they're very na you know, their body types are very naturally thin and wiry because there's so much movement there. There's so much energy there, they burn up all sorts of things. And then you move on to but when, they, when, when they're out of balance, they become ungrounded. Like I said, they become prone to anxiety and fear. Mm. They dry up. They get dry hair, dry skin, constipation. Um, they get colder. They feel the cold. So you look at you know, older people in the Vata stage of life. Their, their skins are dried out. Mm. They get very cold very easily because they're in that stage of life as well. And then you move on to fire and water, which make up Pitta Dosha. Now, Pitta's transformation. So people with a lot of Pitta in them um, you think of fire and water, fire's warm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So naturally when they're in balance, they're very clear-sighted, it governs the site. They're very logical, organized, they're the natural leaders of the world. So they're very intelligent people, they're very warm, they're very loving. But, and it's all about transformation, they can really run, they can grab all these amazing creative ideas that the Vata types have and can't do anything with them, mm-hmm. and Pitta transforms them and goes, let's do it,
2: Oh wow we're going to do
1: it. So, they're the leaders of the world. But when the heat starts rising in the body, they start getting hotter. Mm -hmm. So, hotter physically and hotter emotionally and mentally. So, they will burn up. They will start to burn up. They will have inflammatory conditions, things like heart attacks, you know, things like, um, you know, lots of skin conditions, um, liver issues. Anger, irritation, impatience, you know, they'll blow the stack easily and have to apologize to everyone. They're very fiery. Yeah. And then the leader, the natural leader becomes a tyrant. It's my way or the highway. Mm -hmm. So they burn out. They literally become just, you know, too fiery and too heating. So they need things to cool them down to keep them in balance. Now, their body type is fairly moderate. If you look at vatters, they're very slim. Pitters are naturally moderate. They will, up until about their forties, they will lose weight easily, but gain weight easily. And then in the forties, they will start to pile it on a bit more. And then we move on to the last type, which is kapha. So that's water and earth. So when you think of water and earth together, you think of mud. Stick, stuck in the mud. Mm. You know, kind of solid. Yeah. Heavy. So they're like, we've gone from space and wind to the heavy, solid <laughs> energies of kapha dosha. So kapha-type people are... Generally, um, heavier in their constitution and in their body type, so in their bones. So not necessarily fatter, but they're heavier. They have bigger body frames. They have bigger bones. They have a slower, more sluggish metabolism, which means they gain weight very easily and find it hard to lose it. Mm. But they have amazing tenacity. Kapha types will plod along. They're the ones who, when you want to get them to make changes, will take a long time to do it but once they do it, they're stuck. Mm, They've got a hold of it. It sticks longer. Vatas are very easy come, easy go. Pitas are kind of, I'm going to do it all, and then I'm going to burn out. And kaffers are like, no, it's going to take me a while, but bit by bit, and they plod along and they do Mm. it. So uh, Vatas are the ideas. Pitas are the the leaders. Kaffers are the ones that are happy day-to-day, behind the scenes, plodding along and carrying out all the work that Vatas Mm. have thought of and Pitas have kind of actioned. So they're naturally, uh, they're very loving when they're in balance, they're very loving, they're very forgiving, very family orientated people, very steady, very good people to talk to. You can always rely on them. But when the Kafer increases in the body, when there's too much stagnation, too much holding on, um, they become very stuck. So very kind of, they hold on. They literally will hold, hold on to food. They will hold on to money. They will get very stuck and clingy and they will get things such as you know water retention because they're made of water Mm. they'll start to swell up and they might get bigger their metabolism slows down and they suddenly gain lots of weight you know they become very stuck in their ways so that can happen a lot with kapha doshas so we're made up we probably recognize ourselves in all of these three doshas i was just gonna say yeah i see a bit of me in that and a bit of me in that so there are three pure types and then there are three mixed types so you might be pure vata pure pitta pure kapha or you might be really very close to being a vata pitta vata kapha kapha pitta
2: mm.
1: and all the rest of it and then there's a tridoshic one which is where you have all three in fairly even balance now most people get really confused and think our aim is to make us tri our aim is to get all of those in balance it's not your aim is to understand which one of these energies dominate you and live your life accordingly mm-hmm. so they don't increase and imbalance you
0: yeah that's just amazing I feel like I've just learned so much more from you then <laughs> than I did on my course because you've just kind of put it into words that I can really you know yeah, <laughs> yeah well I've taught I've on yoga, yoga teacher training courses before and it's like
1: I should be doing that yeah, yeah
0: you really should because that's that's amazing and and then you can really see from there, so when you when you know the Dersha types and you look into yourself and kind of figure out which one you resonate more with, then that's when the the nutrition and lifestyle side yeah. of it kind of comes in and yeah. you know um different foods that you can eat that will yeah maybe put you out of balance more. Yeah yeah and it's, it's amazing it really is once you start looking into it recently I've, I've noticed about me for the past few days I've noticed that my palms of my hands and the soles of my feet have been so hot and I've been driving around and I have had to open my window and put my hand out of my window to cool it down and it's something that I've never noticed before but I think that at the moment I, I can relate to each one I really can but at the moment I really do feel like Heating my her is, is is higher, high yeah. and you know have been quite stressed and quite and you know the you know the anger's been kind of coming and um yeah so it's really interesting it's just amazing. Yeah, it's
1: fascinating and there's just so much more to it than that you know yeah. it goes on to every single level of being like mental emotional spiritual physical you know encompasses the whole lot with all sorts of different modalities of healing and and energy work just even from the color of clothes that you should wear to the types of metal jewelry you know types of stones that are healing for your dosha Mm. and and the aromas that are good for your dosha and what will you know types of yoga that are good for your dosha yeah and normally we gravitate to the things that are actually really bad for us like batters, for some reason you you speak to raw foodies and nearly all of them are vatta types mm. now va- raw food is cold light and dry Vattas are cold light and dry mm. like increases like and opposites reduce Absolutely, yeah. pitta types they'll be in bikram yoga they'll be in hot yeah. yoga you know i'm doing it yeah. i'm gonna be the best time at the front of the class and i'm sweating you know, in the midday at midday when pit is at its highest, you know, they're drawn to that. And kafas are like, I just want a relaxation at the end. And mm-hmm. they're the ones that
0: need the movement, they yeah. need
1: the energy, they need to be getting up and moving, but they're the ones that don't want to. They're the ones it.
0: that are drawn to yin. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's amazing. And I just think that applying these this knowledge, this ancient knowledge there's a reason why it's been on the go for Five thousand years, yeah, because it's it's life changing yeah. stuff, isn't it? Especially like in this day and age. So, I was um, I had a little gander at your website, which is what's what's your website? Uh, uh, Nessalong.com Yeah, so I had a little gander at what you um, what you write on there, and you have written on there about um, saying that health. You believe that health peace and well-being is our natural state however we live in such an age where it's difficult to feel those things because we have yeah we have all of this kind of modern western society that we live in it's all very busy you have to work to pay your bills which are very expensive by the way you probably are not going to be able to afford a lot of stuff you know um you you know it, all, all of the, it, these things and it's just so stressful being a human today because it's, we live such unnatural lives we you know if you
1: look at how human beings have evolved we have never ever been intended to work seven you know mm. 40 60 hour weeks you know when we live tribally we would be hunter-gatherers or we'd live with other people and we would all be working three to four hours a day. There would be some that would be hunting, there were some that would be tending the children and the fires, there were some that would be cooking and preparing the homes and setting up camp. You know, we all took it in turns. We all took it in turns to work and we all used to help each other. We are not supposed to live in these isolated units Mm. trying to work 40 hours a week or more trying to do everything with just one or two people and a load of children. We're not designed to live in these ways, isolated and disconnected from each other. We're supposed to be sitting around the fire together, sharing stories and cooking for each other and helping each other. The village Mm -hmm. that we once were, the communities that we once had, we're so isolated now. We we you know we live in these little square boxes of we drive in our little square metal boxes mm. to work and then we come home and we all sit in front of the big metal box that's Netflix and yeah. Prime and we are not supposed to live that life. It's dulling. It's so it's, sad it's, it's, really it's sad. sad. It's sad, it's stressful, it's isolating and it dulls the mind and senses. It I've really been does. looking a lot at Wim Hof and his programme mm. lately and the Wim Hof method, and he said, you know, we're you know, and he uses, he uses natural elements to wake the body and mind up mm, yes. because he said, you know, this sluggishness that we're not just supposed to just be static all day long. We've lost our hypervigilance. We've lost our mental sharpness and alertness because we just stare at screens all day long. And then we come home and we stare at more screens. Mm-hmm. And we're not living this natural. Like, if you were up all night guarding the fire, your your senses would be highly alert if you were swimming if your morning shower was in the river you that would wake you up your whole body and mind would be alive we are like tamasic you know in in guna's terms you know with sattvas this this clear high you know pure light energy that we get when we go on yoga retreats and meditation retreats Mm -hmm. and we pray and we you know devotional or we we address the higher issues in life you know Rajasic is the real agitated, moving, moving, constantly moving, achieving, achieving, achieving. And tamasic is the really kind of dull, heavy, lethargic energy that we're just living between tamasic and rajasic all the time. This kind of agitation of constantly doing and then mm. this heavy, dull energy of just, oh, we just sit and watch Netflix. and it You know, we're not supposed to be. It's so unnatural and no wonder we're all so ill. Yeah. Or we just don't feel right. You know, and you you you'll know as a mother that for me the one as soon as I had a child I was like it just hit home how unnatural that I was left on my own in this house with a screaming mm-hmm. baby up all day and up all night. You know, my partner was there but he was in and out of work or whatever. You know, that I didn't have anyone living with me, that I couldn't yeah. just pass, you know, that Ayurveda has this whole different approach to how you look after new mums. You know, the fact that we should be like animals. If you see a dog and a you know, a dog and a cat have babies, they just um they're just there and they feed the babies and they eat and they go to sleep and they're lying down. You know, we're back out on the school run mm-hmm. after three days. You're back in Astra after a week. Yeah. Everyone's up and on it. It's like, no, you should you need six weeks of rest after you've had a baby. You should be doing nothing but feeding that baby and resting from nine months of pregnancy whatever labour you went through and we should be massaged and nurtured and fed Mm. and everybody else in the community should be relieving us of all the other chores so that we can heal and get to know this new life that we've just birthed and instead we're doing it all isolated and it's no wonder that postnatal depression and depression generally Mm. is rampant i mean 50% of the states are on medication some
0: form of medication and we're not far behind it i think no it's so hard It's really hard, and it's just so upsetting, and I just, you know, one of the reasons why I got into teaching yoga is because, yeah, I want to make people feel good, but there's also this sort of real strong want in me, or this need in me, to help people wake up (laughs) to it all a little bit, and it's like, I just, you know, if I can just wait one person up to it all, then I'm just happy. inspire somebody yeah, to just exactly. look
1: further yeah. than yeah. what society tells you is Absolutely. is what's how right how you should all. yeah, what what's right and how you should live. Yeah. And where where your focus goes. You know, it's like a lot of my life I think I always knew I was always a seeker of some sort. I always mm. just thought there's got there's, there's not just this, there's yeah. not just like there's got to going be something to work. Else and just paying yeah. your bills and dying, you know. That's yeah. not what we're here for.
0: No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's um Yeah. I could just I could just sit in here and talk to you all day about this and mm. you know, I think we should I think we should really come up with a plan to just try and take over the world with kindness and you know, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so something that you kind of had on your website as well is about how you brought yourself back from the brink of burnout twice Mm -hmm. so how like what happened how how did you do that how did you because a lot of us I mean I know that recently I have been I've been there I've been really overworking myself and you feel the pressures of of you know, life pressures of being like a self-employed mum, single mum, and it's, it it's yeah, it's stressful, and it's, stressful huge. it's, and it's stressful. huge, and um, how do you deal with that, because I feel like the, there are probably lots of people who can relate to that.
2: Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, I think I've burnt out kind of in two ways, really, and the first way was as a new mother, mm. I mean, I had an amazing pregnancy, an amazing birth, and then had the most horrendous first week personally and it all kind of went a bit wrong from there and I had a baby who was very colicky, very unsettled and I was very stressed because he was very stressed and then the more he was stressed, the more I was stressed mm-hmm. and I remember just walking and walking for hours and hours um, every day with him and not getting the help I needed at home at all um, in terms of, you know, sharing the housework and all the rest of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um And just after six months of just hardly any sleep, because he just didn't sleep. I mean, he just didn't sleep and he screamed a lot. And um, after six weeks, like six months, I was so so thin. Um, And my back just went. It kind of just went. And it was almost like someone said to me, it's like it's a sign like, you know, your back is the one thing that holds you. Your spine Mm. is the one thing that holds you up. And when that goes, it's because you've just gone. And you know what a lot, you know, the root of it is, a lot of the root of it is, you burn out and you push yourself. I was pushing myself to do all the stuff in the house. And I've always pushed... You know, I've always kind of just wanted to just, you know... You'd feel really bad, wouldn't you? I mean, you, you've got to let go of everything when you have a baby. You know, that mm. stay of your house. But oh, yeah. Kind of, you can't do it by yourself. You just can't. And I think I tried to. Yeah. I think I tried to do take on too much. Not ask for the help I needed. I wasn't getting the help I needed. And I just kind of got to a point where I thought, I can't do this. And I remember... He'd go down, you know, my my son would go down in the evening and then he would just be on and off, just crying for no reason whatsoever. Just all night, you know, you know, and my friend had to come round and she said, look, you know, if you go up, she said, I'll go up the stairs. She says, as soon as he heard my foot on the stairs, he stopped. There's nothing wrong with him. You know, and it was just this kind of feeling of, oh, my God, I just can't do this. And under that feeling, there's a, there's a huge feeling of not good enough. Absolutely. Yeah. This is what governs it's everybody. Like guilt. Yes. You know. Not good enough. I am not good enough. I need the house to look like this. I need to feel this way. I need to feel like I'm in charge again, yeah. like got some control. Because you're so out of control when you have yeah, babies. Absolutely. And And types do not like to feel out of control mm. at all. It makes them feel very nervous. So it's almost like pushing yourself to do too much. And I think at that point I didn't have a choice to kind of just take my foot off the brakes. It was like I, my partner at the time, the children's dad, was going away to work in Ireland just as my back went. And so I had to have two, two friends who were amazing. They came round, one came round and was with me during the day because I couldn't even lift my son off the changing table because mm. my back had gone. I couldn't lift him and do his nappies and someone stayed with me overnight. So I had two or three friends who were amazing, who just kind of round the clock just helped me, and I thought, you know, why didn't I ask for this months ago? Yeah. Why didn't I mean I did in various forms, but I just didn't. I don't think we ever verbalise. Mm. We're not coping.
0: It's this kind of. I feel like there's. This you expect to. Absolutely, it's this pressure placed on us. You know, as as a mother, you you should be able to. You should be like the housekeeper. You should you should be everything, not yeah. just the mother. You know, really, you should just be the mother, and you should be allowing yourself to rest. But all these pressures tell us that we need to do everything. Everything should be. Yeah, dead. and if you're not, yeah. if you're not,
1: there's something wrong with you. Yeah. and I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, and we treat new mothers so badly. We don't understand what they need.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, one of my old missions is to really nurture women at various stages because we need it. We really need it. And we're not like, I remember my ex-mother-in-law sniffing at Well, I didn't have a cleaner because I think with my second child, I just got a cleaner to come in for about eight weeks, every other week for two hours. That was it. It wasn't like, but I just thought, you know what? I can't go through that again. And she even got a bit sniffy about it. You know, that mm. generate, well, what's the matter with your generation? Almost like, you know, you know, I did this. I was working these jobs and I was doing that. I didn't have a cleaner. and I just had to go back out to work at six weeks and blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we shouldn't feel like that because, not. you know, we really shouldn't. And I think this, so that was one another time of burnout that I just thought I had just had to approach things differently um, and not give myself such a hard time and ask for help when I needed it. And then there was another point being self-employed, you know, my children were older then, but I was just trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look back, it was like I had a part-time job. I was done doing my therapy work. I was then looking at setting up the online business, which mm-hmm. took up. You know, all my time. I was also looking at, you know, working at setting up an alternative school, and it's. I always, as a pitta type, I seem to be the leader in a lot of these Mm -hmm. things, and it was just like I wasn't very good at delegating stuff again. Mm -hmm. And it was. I remember it was just all got to a point where I just, I just felt so frazzled, Mm -hmm. and I I said at one that point, said, "We, I just need a week off. I need to go and just not do and not think." And I think that lesson came from that again was I couldn't do it all. I was trying to do too much and I was becoming very irritable and ratty because I was tired. Mm. You know, I was working on weekends, I was working in the... I was working seven days a week on and off. You know, you never really switch off when oh, you're self-employed. No, no. You know, you're always thinking there's always something to do. Um, always something to do. And there's this is also a sense of, I need to make this work. It mm. needs to be a success. And that's not good enough. Yeah, If it's not, you know you can be working on your business and not earning enough money, you know, to provide for yourself for years. And all of a sudden, boom, it works. Exactly. But for those years, we often think it's not working. It's not working. I'm not, I should be earning more. It should, business takes a long time. It takes a lot of trial and error to kind of hit where you're, what you can do and how to bring in it consistently. And, you know, I think that is a real key thing as well to kind of honour the cycles of just like, you know, there are days when actually just lighten up and mm. la- walk away from it. You know, that's what I started doing. I just started thinking, I want to do this from a place of joy, not from a place yeah. of needing to Absolutely. and having to. And it has to work or else, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Just go get a job. You know, which we've yeah. had to do, you know, lockdown, you know, that my face-to-face business went completely pear-shaped, obviously, and lost it all in lockdown, yeah. you know, I started researching online stuff and looking at different ways to work, you know, and it's it's always an ongoing battle, and it's always this, but, you know, we look at so many people going, oh, why is their business working, but it didn't it didn't work for years you know it's not about it's the tip of the iceberg yeah yeah, that you don't see Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's not about necessarily you know earning a certain amount or anything like that but again it's about balancing you know I was still doing with all of that I was still doing the bulk of the childcare, the bulk of the housework Mm -hmm. and then doing those you know and it's just like I was just taking on too much
2: yeah
1: and so I just pulled back and thought you know what I'm just gonna let go of this and do things that bring me joy because when we when we want so desperately something whether that be a concrete income goal or a concrete whatever it looks like um it often just eludes us yeah you know and if you just flow from a place of doing things that actually think no I want you know I was really looking forward to coming and doing these podcast chats you yeah. know and I just think just choose the ones that I want to do
0: yeah it's I feel like you're just sort of telling me my own story there this act. I can relate to you so much, really, You really can. And um, I am very similar. I My mind never switches off. There's idea after idea and it's like, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this and I try and do it all. You and then it it's like, yeah. um, and then I really overwhelm myself. Yeah. And just recently I've, I've, I've really tried to take a step back I feel like when you do that, you neglect your own practice, your yeah. own self-care. Something that um, really helped me recently was—I um, I don't know if you've ever read the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I picked that up again. I've got a copy by the side of my bed, and I picked it up, turned, you know, flipped it to a page, and it was that reminder that if we should be worrying about. The outcomes we should be worrying about the fruits of our labour we should just be focused on the why and yeah. the doing it's like and this the how is, and the how exactly and all the other stuff if it's right if it's right then things it will, will just all happen it'll just flow but if yes. we're sort of worrying all the time about outcomes and about how much money we're going to make how many clients we're going to have then you're taking up all of that mental space and you're not going to be able to put your best out there. So it, this is really important that we focus on ourselves. Um, my, one of my, my most favourite guru guy in the world, I'm a big fan of Ram Dass, massive fan. I'm a bit, of a, a bit of an obsessive Ram Dass fan. Anyway, um, one of like his quotes that I've, I've, I often come across is um, the best thing I can do for you is work on myself. Yeah. And I just think that's so true. It really is. Yeah. Because as well,
1: like you you just touched upon, you neglect everything that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. You neglect for yourself, but it starts and ends with us. Absolutely. So if we're not shining the light of what we're, you know, espousing, you mm-hmm. know, talking about, then then we're not. You know, people are going to see that they're going to see the disconnect, and so it is really important to just come back to the basics and just think. You know, like you say, if you can just change somebody's perspective, if you can just influence somebody to to think, if you can just sow seeds. Often you sow seeds with people that years later they might go, "I need to revisit that." At Mm. that time, I wasn't ready, but I'm going to look at that. I remember when she said that, or I remember when they did that, and Mm. but it it starts and ends with us. And I think if we just focus on that and let go of any outcome or any need for it to look a certain way, then, and it, again, it comes back to this not feeling good enough if it doesn't look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that is everybody's underriding feeling in life. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough, you know, like the imposter syndrome of, you know, if I dare do interviews, do podcasts, put myself out there, do videos, you know, I'm going to get. You know, negative comments yeah. and trolls and all the rest of it, and people are going to, you know, rubbish it and and it's a big thing. You know, it's a big thing yeah. to put yourself out there. It
0: is. It's quite quite a vulnerable. Very vulnerable. Thing to do. Yeah.
1: Very vulnerable, and it's very scary. You know, it's very easy to sit behind your computer desk and Absolutely. have someone tell you what to do. But
0: I think it's important, though. I really think that um, it's important, especially as women, that we tell our stories because I feel like. Um, the stories that have been told over the past thousand years, thousands of years, have been dominated by men, yeah. and I think that that is a big. Um, that's a big part of the reason as to why we are where we are, yeah. as in the terms of the, the 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 pressures that are put upon women and upon. And upon men, you know, if you're a woman, you you should be like this. If you're a man, you should be like this. Um, I think it's really important that we tell our stories and we speak from a place of truth and share what is real and try to not erase because that'll never happen, but try to sort of question these old narratives and, and stories that we've been fed. You yeah. Know? And we live in a patriarchal society. The
1: rules of, you know, nine months maternity leave. I mean, who came up with flipping nine months? What, Mm. nine months in, nine months out? I mean, in Eastern European countries, women are allowed two to three years, which is what Ayurveda says. Ayurveda says that your child needs you. Mm. You need needs one sole caregiver for two to three years. Yeah. These babies do not need to be put in daycare oh or childcare God. from 7.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night.
0: i not that feeling of having to go to work when they're... Babies, it, I, I mean, it's absolutely brain. I mean, look at
1: the States. You know, so many women I speak to in the States. With
0: the, States at the Oh,
1: my God. They, they can't, can't even... If they've had a bad labour and it, their insurance hasn't covered them, some women are going back to work and there's no flexi work, there's no part-time oh. work, there's no paid maternity. They're going back to work... Days after giving birth, they are having mm. to put these newborn babies in daycare centres mm. full time. They are barely healed. They are barely sane. And so we are not honoured as women. And it's, mm. you know, thankfully, there's all the stuff coming out now about the menopause and the perimenopause mm, and how yeah. difficult that is for women and how that's impacting women. Thankfully, there's some awareness raised there. But we have such a long way to go because women, you know, I mean, have you read the book The Red Tent by Anita mm, Diamond? No, I haven't. You actually. have to read it.
2: Oh, I will do.
1: It will make you cry because it it was all about how women used to come together and be allowed to go off into the red tent to bleed. Yeah. It was all about honouring the cycles that they were relieved of, you know, any domestic duties during that time because naturally we go inward when we're bleeding. Absolutely. We don't want to see people. We don't want to socialise. And the more you can teach girls and young women coming up, like if we have daughters, that actually there are cycles in our month. There are cycles in the day where the doshas dominate at different times, that we want to do different things. You know, that if we honour these cycles and we stop trying to, you know, take hormones to disrupt our cycles just because it's more convenient, you know, the fact that we, people suffer so much with their periods now, you know, is a sign that we are so badly out of balance.
0: I mean, I know, I've known women, I think actually, I might have been one of them a very long time ago, you know, when I was, when I was, you know 18 maybe so a, bit, a very long time ago but a lot of women who will take these man-made hormones for the reason of not even as a contraceptive but because they gain too much weight and they think that this is going to help them or because they want something that's going to stabilize their mood and it's like oh my god no, <laughs> no well
1: just, they want their periods to stop yeah, yeah and it's like no you know you Periods are hugely important. Menstruation is massively important. It's a cleansing. It mm. cleanses the body of excess heat. It cleanses the body of, of excess waste. It is a natural time. And that, you know, you probably, I'm maybe a bit older than you, but I'll never forget growing up in the 80s when there was that new advert full of let tampons. You know, the, you can just go and carry on. There was a woman with a tennis racket and a woman on uh. a bike and you should just carry yeah. on throughout your period because look, you can do now it's like, no, you shouldn't, because you don't want to. Mm, no rollerblades. Yes, mm. you don't want to, yeah. it's not, and the more you tune in to where you feel your energy needs to be, the easier and happier you you know, easier life will become and the happier you'll be.
0: Absolutely, that's it. It's going inwards, tuning in and honouring, honouring that, that inner knowing, that inner you, well, you're you. Honouring yourself. Yeah. So something that I wanted to talk to you about. So um, that kind of reminds me a little bit of... um, So going going with it and honouring where you are. I think as humans, we we don't, do we? We kind of... We're always looking for external sources. We're always looking at our past. We're always looking... um, so tomorrow, we're never kind of just here and present and still. And I want to talk to you about Buddhism because I know that you you have you're quite into Buddhism. I used to be, yeah. You know you
1: said you're really into Ramdas. Yeah. I I suppose I'm a devotee of Muji.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um so Buddhism started me off really on this mm. path i suppose my my nana my grandmother back in the day she was a devout christian she started me on this path we used to read the bible every day yeah and i will still dip in and out of all of it i'll dip in and out of buddhist texts i'll dip in and out of the bible i'll dip in and out of the Bhagavad gita you know to me it's all one yes. expressed differently that's mm-hmm. all there's only one truth yeah and have that's you had
0: the it. um the the thing with the elephant have you heard this no it's Ramda's story that I, it's probably not his story, you know. But it's so there's an elephant and there's all all these different people. They're all blindfolded. One of them touches the side of the elephant and they say, "Well, this is a this is a wall." One of them touches the trunk with the blindfold on. This is a slide. One of them touches the tail. This is a a I don't know a <laughs> what feels like the, the tail a whatever basically the point is there's all these different people who are all blindfolded they're touching the same thing but they're all arguing about what it is that they're touching when really if they just took the blindfold off they'd all see it's all the same thing it's just the elephant yeah yeah Yeah. it's
2: one truth
1: yeah so you know whatever buddhism says Ramdas, muji christianity you know islam it's 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 one truth and the truth is that it's you already have what you are seeking absolutely you already are.
0: The kingdom of God is within you. Yes. Not, not, not no. a guy that sits in the sky. No. It's cloud. Him, yes. Judges everybody. It's it's everything. It's it's our air. It's here. It's yeah.
1: It's you're only ever here now. Yeah. You and, you can't ever be anything other than what you are right now. Mm-hmm. just
0: amazing, and I wanted to. Heal read something to you from this book I I picked this up last night because I was looking for a new book to read this is from a book called You Are Here by Tich Nathan. I just want to make sure that I'm pronouncing his name right this isn't the first book I've read but um, so a quote I've just underlined um, a quote in here that I just wanted to read to you because I thought it was lovely Um, okay so here we go Some people live as though they are already dead. There are people moving around us who are consumed by their past, terrified of their future and stuck in their anger and jealousy. They are not alive. They are just walking corpses. If you look around yourself with mindfulness, you will see people going around like zombies. Have a great deal of compassion for the people around you who are living like this. They do not know that life is accessible only in the here and now. There you go. I just really, I just, I just really liked that. And I just wanted to share it with you. Um, So, yes.
1: We are, it's so true that we are just, you know, if you look, I mean, they said that we have about 5,000 thoughts a day, but you won't register them all. You'll only register your favourite three negative ones Mm. generally. Yeah. That go over and over and over on a loop, on a loop, on a loop, and we feel, you know, we live our lives so with so much regret from the past and so much anxiety for the future, and yet, right here, right now, is there a problem? Yeah,
0: exactly. We're not here. We're not. Here. We're not here. We're, not we're, here. In, we're in our heads.
1: Hands, yeah, we're in our minds. Even if you you're walking on the school run, you're thinking about your shopping list, or you're thinking about what you're going to cook for tea, mm-hmm. or what you've got to do for the rest of the day. You know, you don't wake up and go. Well, thanks for another day. You wake up and you immediately grab your phone or go on social oh, media yeah. or or you know think about what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, something I did this morning actually because I've been I kind of slip in and out of these morning routines and you know I there'll be a few weeks where I do pick up my phone first thing and I and I doom scroll and it's it makes me feel rubbish and yeah. I don't know why I do it and then I get really mad at myself for yes. doing it and then I feel guilty <laughs> yeah. and it's like instead of just saying ah that's 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 that that's yeah. What I've done today.
1: yeah I did that this you morning instead of i up and doing my yoga and I yeah. did my meditation I somehow responded to a whatsapp message and I was like no be- you know you shouldn't we shouldn't be letting anybody in yeah. certainly not you know or WhatsApp just that groups up. When you've just woken up, you yeah. need to, you, we need to take responsibility for what we take out into mm, the world, yeah. whether that's an angry mind, a hurried mind, an anxious mind, but we need to wake up and that's, I used to have, I mean I had my over routine nailed and I must admit right now I'm in the same boat, I'm kind mm. of floating in and out of it and I'm seeing that it's not at all beneficial, like before I used to get up I would have my 20 minutes of meditation mm. and 20 minutes of yoga and i would be ready for the world yeah. throughout lockdown that's what got me th- that's what got me through lockdown mm-hmm. just setting myself up for the day yeah you know and it's so important and we it we really just is. do not give ourselves the time to do it we give ourselves the time to get in the shower and listen to a podcast or something and that's good but make the podcast really positive mm. make the podcast about affirmations make the podcast about you know, manifesting or what, your or positivity or mm-hmm. something. Don't make your podcast about what's going on in the world. Yeah, because we can't control it. No, we can't. The only thing we we can't even control our own thoughts or feelings. So how on earth are we going to? We can only influence us and the energy we take out Absolutely. into the
0: world. I just think as well, it's just taking that time for you, and that's what meditation and yoga is about. It's yeah, yeah. the The podcast, you know, listening to a positive podcast is good. Listening to a, you know, an Alan Watts lecture is great. But what about you and your Why own you in thoughts? That? And this morning, I got up, I went downstairs, I made my coffee, and I just sat with my the the doors open into my garden, and I just sat there, and I just meditated, just just breathing, just listening to the birds. And I just did that, and that was the first thing I did. And it, it, I felt so much more positive, and I feel so much more positive now than I have been when I've been getting up and, you know, looking looking through Facebook first thing in the morning, letting mm. all of these people into my head, people that I barely even know, really. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so I'm aware that we've been talk. Well, actually, I don't, I don't actually know how long we've been t- talking for... I could talk to you for... Um, so will you come back again? And, yes yeah awesome ooh can you just be like my, my co-host yeah. <laughs> yeah let's put the yeah. lot of. yeah exactly with yoga and yoga exactly so there's a few, those are the, the, the little sort of fire round that <laughs> I've been asking people what are you grateful for right now? give me one thing <sighs> well
1: I'm grateful right now for just sitting in this room and talking to you mm. if you talk about me right too. now right now
2: yeah.
0: that's what I'm really grateful for me too yay <laughs> It's so lovely um, I was going to ask you this question and then while I was writing this question down I thought well it's a silly question because the question was if you was an animal what would you be? but we are animals yeah we are animals aren't we? so I guess then the question would be what other animal do you relate to the most where is your kind of I mean I'm you know just me with dogs I just have connection <laughs>
1: I'm a real cat person yeah I'm a real cat person um, and I love cats and yeah you know you often think yeah you know, if you could come back or have the life of a cat in a really oh, good home it'd it'd dinner, you know you could just potter them out of the garden come in have a feed have a snooze the yeah, day just the best but then I'd also love to be a bird and be able to just fly. Yeah. But yeah, if you if you're gonna say my sole animal is probably a cat.
0: Yeah, these are like the 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 um really enlightened beings, aren't they? That's probably this is that's probably the um the height of existence. And yeah. that's what we're all trying to get to, you know, reincarnation. Yeah. You know, that's probably the height of the it pinnacle, all. But, yeah, yeah, so well looked after. When you cat. when you have when you have <laughs> been enlightened and surrendered to it all, then you come back as a cat. Yeah, in a really good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a street, panel, not cat. yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your top three self-care go-tos? You know, when you're really feeling like you just need a bit of self-love, a bit of self-care. What are your sort of three things that are guaranteed to, you know, just ease ease the kind of the the sadness or lift the depression or? I think you know, sitting
1: sitting with spiritual teachings yeah. sitting really kind of being guided into an inner meditation that will shift everything yoga is another really good one if you just do 20 minutes of yoga or, or dancing even mm. anything to just you know snap you out of the energy that you're in you know put any music on and just dance wildly around the room and then the other thing is just sleep mm. it's an early night If I find, yeah. if I can feel myself tipping over the edge into not feeling quite right and I look at what I've been doing over the last few nights and I've been going to bed way too late and being on screens way too late. Like, really, mm. going to bed early, sitting in bed reading a book for an hour before I go to bed and, you know, really kind of being asleep by 10, half 10. Yeah. That's really important.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I I, I love that as well. I mean, I just love sleep. I love sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I love my bed. Um, it's the the in you? Yeah, I think it is. Um, what is your superpower? Oh God, you don't ask other people.
1: <laughs> I think speaking truthfully. Yeah. I think I can get to the heart of something mm. and guide somebody to the heart of something quite Absolutely.
0: easily. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I get that as well from you. Um, what does the need, the world need less of? Stuff. Stuff. Buying. Endless
1: stuff. It's mm-hmm. like you know the shop Lakeland, My mum calls. Oh, it's that shop that you go into and you, you, never knew you needed or wanted any of these yeah. things, and yet there's loads of things you suddenly come out of there thinking, oh, I need this in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's just, just, just stuff. stuff
0: buying yeah. and consuming mindlessly. I'm like that, but with Aldi, I can't <laughs> keep away from the middle aisles. i like oh, I'm no. <laughs> Yeah, I went yeah. in the other
1: day and came out with a reclette set. Oh, no, what even
0: is that? What? Don't <laughs> worry
2: about the reclette set.
1: I don't often have reclette ever, but I just
0: thought, oh, there's £2.99 in the set. I know, I can't. I can't. like Let that go, yeah. <laughs> um, what does the world need more of? Peace. Yeah. Absolutely. Inner, inner peace. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, before you go, I wanted to... <laughs> Read you another little thing. I thought it'd be nice to end with a with a poem. This is a Rumi poem. Oh, I love Rumi. So this is one of my favorite favorite poems, and I I heard this I first heard this um, a while ago when I was doing a yoga yoga with Adrian on oh, YouTube. Oh yeah, who Adrian. I who I love, um, and it's this idea of we are we change the only the only constant. In this world, is change. Yeah, it's the thing that we fear the most. Yeah. And every single day we are changing. We wake up one morning and we're different to how we were the previous morning. And we, we get annoyed by that sometimes. Like, oh, I was happy. Yes, I felt good yesterday. Why can't I feel like that every day? You know? Um, and I just think this poem is a really kind of. Sort of I'm, I'm just going to stop talking about why I like the poem. I'm just going to read it. Okay, this is called The Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house, every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still, treat each guest honourably, he may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. So
2: nice,
1: isn't it? I think we strive so often to only feel good stuff we only Mm -hmm. want to feel the good we we want to push away all the bad but whether today you're a happy woman or an unhappy woman it makes no real difference
0: there's so much freedom in just embracing wherever you're at yeah in the now so much freedom in that yeah so thank you so 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 much i've enjoyed this morning very much i yes, <laughs> really really have and i hope i see you again soon yeah and i hope that you'll come back and chat with me again and yeah we'll do yeah. thank you, you so, so thank you